Hello and welcome to What Does It Mean to Be Human, the podcast where we take a piece of artwork, novel, uh, movie literature, mostly literature because this is an English project if we're going to get meta with it, and analyze it and try to answer the question, what does it mean to be human? Today we are analyzing Kurt Vonnegut's Slaughterhouse-Five. It's his self-proclaimed book on the Battle of Dresden. But instead of focusing on the Battle of Dresden, it focuses on time-traveling aliens. Fun. Um, so, uh, I'm going to open up the discussion to the floor. I'm going to start our seven-minute timer. And then at the end of our... Se- oh, I guess I have to uh, listen how this goes for people who are just tuning in, but I know it's only one person. We, are, we take <laughs> seven minutes to make our arguments, <laughs> discuss the book and such... Uh, and at the end of the seven minutes, we must wrap up our argument, synthesize it, and end the episode. All right. Timer has begun. Uh, I would like to start off the discussion this episode. Uh, why do you think uh, Vonnegut just uh, centers his whole thing, his book, self-proclaimed book, book on World War II, on uh, the time traveler Billy Pilgrim? Um, well, I feel like Billy's like... PTSD and his time travel makes him like a interesting character to write about. He's not a character though. Yeah. As yes, as later in the book. He's like a puppet. Yeah. Um. I think he can tell a story through Billy, but like not so directly. More of like his struggles rather than like a typical World War Two story. It's like a twisted version of it, kind of like his coping mechanisms are a little twisted. You know, he just is so nonchalant about everything bad happening. So like, you know, he just says, so it goes. It's like, Billy is kind of like dehumanized because of like his time travel and everything. And then Kurt Vonnegut also dehumanizes himself whenever he says like, so it goes and stuff. So like him and Billy relate in ways, but they're both cope, but they both use time travel and like, that nonchalant attitude as a coping mechanism, which does in fact make them human. Yeah. So that's, I think, how they relate to each other. And I think both of them got de- dehumanized by, like, what they experienced in war. Like, once you get so used to seeing death, like, you almost become numb to, like, that feeling of, like, sadness and grief when you see somebody die. Like, it's just another day. It's just something that Yeah, happens. there's just yeah. something that happens getting turned into like something that's just like it's not really a big deal yeah like derby's death yeah um but interesting that like the way that billy's time travel works is um almost similar to the way um benji's memory is from a sound in the fury we showed earlier this year um and it kind of like brings back uh Billy's like time travel through different memories is the same way like Benji kind of travels through his memories and since with both Slaughterhouse they're not like remembering the memories except in a few uh, explicit cases on Billy's part um it's like they're going back to that exact moment and like living and feeling it again yeah there's only one part where he actually doesn't do it from time traveling he remembers it from his memory when he's with his son in the restroom yeah and it's like it's something interesting to see like uh if we can connect that time travel to like benji's memory of the past it kind of 
relates just to the time travel way and like it, it relates it to our like memory in general I would say and how some people tend to get like stuck in replaying the same memories and it could be like you know Kurvana gets own like take on like PTSD and stuff like that um, I just wanted to throw that out there and see what you guys like could do with it you know if you guys could make anything out of it I feel like you're right in saying like how the way uh Billy tra travels through time is kind of similar to how Benji perceives time because like it's almost like the Trafmajorian concept of time and Billy's concept of time are like almost like identical because I'm pretty sure the Trafmajorians like experience time like all that like kind of like they see everything at the same time and that's kind of how Benji was like he like had these certain memories that he would constantly constantly like be, certain moments yeah, just certain, those moments yeah just those moments that would be constantly repeated in his head over and over and over again but so. I feel like Billy does as a coping mechanism and Benji you know he's just like that yeah. like he's always been like that he like doesn't know any other way to perceive time I think he's doing it on purpose because he doesn't want to actually have to like face what he's done and like what's actually like how the world's unfolding around him well, that's an interesting way to put it, but also you have to think he's going back to the memories that are yeah. probably like have probably have the worst things happen. You know. Yeah. But it could it could be said that it's more of his way of coping is to replay them over and over again until he becomes desensitized to it and yeah. doesn't care about it anymore. Yeah. In the same way, like someone may just you know something have very emotional happen and like let's say like break up and just like look at pictures of their old like significant other and just like cry about it a lot <laughs> and then like just to get it all out of their system and then they can like move on and deal with it mm -hmm. by like getting it all at once and then like getting those punches to the gut and then just living with it yeah i feel like like billy's like stoic like concept of life is like kind of interesting because like even when his wife died like he was just like so it goes just like i feel like that's like such an like will like in my life i feel like that would be like such a important time like when i would really like be at a low point and he was just like so it goes and he just like kept living his life like almost nothing happened and it's weird because like when he was at his low his lowest point, like, when he was crying and all that, was when the horses were all beat up because they can't choose, like, what happens to them and that they were all hurt. And... But then he also doesn't choose what happens to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he's, like... He so, it could it be that he sees himself in the horses, or is it an ironic reflection of how he cries at the horses because they don't have a choice in things? And then he himself doesn't give himself the choice to, like, change anything with these, like, loops he, that he's going. He Why follows you... what the, like, author makes him do. He never breaks it. Yeah. Why do you think Billy, like, chooses, like, when he gets on the plane, why does he choose to, like, not tell everybody, like, hey, this plane's about to crash? Probably because he knows he's going to live. And, and like, I, he can't stop yeah. it. And I think he's scared of change in a way because he always goes back to, like, the same moments. Like, he never lives in the present. He always lives in the past. Because, like, in the present, stuff is constantly changing. But, like, in the past, he knows that those memories are always the same. And they're not going to well, change. Well, to him, there is no present. Well, yeah. yeah. He, but, like, those moments in time are always going to be the same unless he does something to change them. 
So I feel like it's almost a sense of comfort too, and like stability, even though it's like not that stable of an environment either. So like, wait, isn't that one of our vocab words? What? Like immutable or something? Immutable? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is a vocab word that I missed on a quiz. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, okay, I wanted to just in these final moments, I wanted to bring up the character of Edward. Ed, Edgar, is it Edgar? Edgar. Edgar. Yeah, it's Edgar. Okay. For a second, I like thought I tapped into something wrong. Edgar Derby at the at some point in the story that I don't have bookmarked, but I should. Oh, he... Uh, he becomes a character, and it's said that you know not all, not a lot of people here, you know, or it's like no one in. I don't. Vonnegut's like I don't consider anyone in this story. Ah, here we go. Here we go. Um. Where is it? Okay. Um, let me read this quote. Poor old Derby, the doomed high school teacher, lumbered to his feet for what was probably the finest moment in his life. There are almost no characters in the story and almost no dramatic confrontations because most of the people in there are so sick and so much the listless playthings of enormous forces. One of the main effects of war, after all, is that people are discouraged from becoming characters. But old Derby was a character now. What do you guys think that means, both inside the story and, like, as it's you know, broader perspective. Derby never lost his sense of like humanity in a way, like how we talked about war dehumanizes people in a way, and it didn't do that to him. He still like, he knew that Stanley Teapot was gonna get him in trouble. Yeah. But he chose to do it anyways, because- He recognizes his own free will. He recognizes his own free will, so. Unlike Billy who, Which you know, lives of, passively and yeah. accepts things that happen. Yeah. And just so it goes it, Edgar is, taking charge and like yeah. doing his own which is you know kind of ironic because normally characters when you think of a traditional character it's in a book that somebody writes so they don't really have free will mm-hmm. but he's expressing like derby as a character because yeah. he has free will so it's like yeah. a twist but mm-hmm. like, kind of sets up like a weird contradiction in the book especially because vonnegut is writing yeah about yeah. it but then in the pre prologue he's also speaking about how like he did know someone who got shot for stealing a teapot yeah and so he's reflecting in this in this memory that Vonnegut has um and so it could be said that like Vonnegut himself in in his war felt that he wasn't a character and that he was more of uh you know like a you see this trope in movies where it's like oh it's a plaything of the government then you have people going rogue like agents going rogue and stuff like that from like the government that betrayed them and stuff like that and so definitely like um i don't know it kind of it kind of shows just like free will is definitely what make if if it's a character in a story can be related to like a human in society you know then it's like if you're living passively instead of actively then it's more of your not really human. You're more of a robot, living by your commands and programming and stuff like that. So to be human is to live in the moment and to like be active in your life, not just reflect back on everything continuously. All right. Well, I think that was a good episode. Um, oh, uh, I'm okay. Sorry, I logged into my recording device. Okay. Uh, we're gonna end that here. <laughs> uh, we're gonna end that here. Uh, I'm gonna play the outro music and uh, have a good day.